Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of HR Tech Chat. And I'm very happy to have as our guest today, Melissa Swisher, who is Chief Revenue Officer of Socrates AI, which is very interesting. I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's a gross simplification to say that Socrates AI is a chatbot. Um, and that's where I'd like to uh, maybe, maybe start today. Uh, welcome, Melissa. Um, very happy to have you. Thank you, Brent. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and like I was saying, uh, Socrates AI does. Uh, it's a very interesting tool, um, and uh, I guess it expresses itself most, you know, most uh, noticeably as as a chatbot. But it really is much more. Um, could could you just explain for our viewers just a little bit uh, around, just give them sort of a an idea of what Socrates AI does, what kind of uh, issues you solve for this sort of thing? Sure, absolutely. So. Um, well, again, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and talk a little bit more about this and, and some of the, the, the challenges with employee experience and optimizing for it. But essentially what Socrates does in a nutshell is if you think about it, the world of work is there's so many different places where employees can go, right, um, to get answers to questions, um, to try to figure out what type of information they're looking for. And there's so many different systems that people have to interface with. And what we saw in terms of the problem when we started the company four years ago was really that, you know, there's so many places where the people need to go to figure out, okay, where is this policy fit? You know, how do I update this information? And so there's just this system and information overload. It's all there, but oftentimes people struggle with, well, where do I go for what? And so really at the core of what Socrates does is it's an employee experience platform. And think of it as almost a layer, right? A, an experience layer that really goes to where employees work um, in terms of a technology that they're already comfortable with in terms of whether they prefer to interface with a company through a, a chat portal, um, if they prefer to use text messaging or collaboration tools like Microsoft Teams. And really what we focus on is really getting people single answers versus search results, allowing them to complete any sort of things that they might need to update or take action on that goes across all those different systems and solutions that might live in the enterprise. And so if you think about it, hiding all of the noise of what people might need to interface with and making it a very simple, very consumer-like, friendly user experience. Interesting. So, so if, if, if I were to translate this um, to, you know, sort of HCM parlance, um, would, it be, would it be fair or accurate to, to call this um, a, um, maybe a prosthetic for employee self-service, something like that, or? Absolutely, right? So, you know, there's this whole notion of, right, empowering people for that self-service. But really what we want to optimize is, is to give people access to things whenever they need it. And whether, you know, if you've ever been through an experience where you're looking for information, for instance, on SharePoint, it's a great repository, but if an employee is looking for something, what either happens is they get thousands of results, right, in terms yeah. of what could potentially answer, um, or they get none at all. And so our whole idea is to break that down and make it super simple, just in the world of consumer world, right? Like think mm -hmm. of an Amazon experience as a consumer, right? You know, they do a fantastic job with the algorithms behind the scene is if you're looking for a product, they'll serve up, 
vendors who supply that product, they'll give you the reviews and they'll give you your information of who's going to get there soonest, what's the price. You don't really care about all the sausage making that goes into it. You really want to get your answer, ability to go get what you need and move on with your day. And that same thought process is what really we saw as the gap that was missing from an employee in the workforce experiences that people have today. One of the things that's um, that uh, just just from my background um, in a previous life uh, as an analyst be- before now, <laughs> we used to look at the um, the ROI of uh, of um, uh, cloud software deployments, and um, that's sort of a gross oversimplification. But um, one thing one thing that uh, that this makes me think of is whenever we looked at a deployment where there was a modern employee self-service uh, solution deployed, uh, something that, you know, re- that that replaced nothing or replaced some really sort of old, um, clunky, uh, not really all that useful, you know, 10-year-old ESS or whatever, right? Uh, we would always see um, a, a noticeable gain aggregate gain and productivity for the, uh, for the, for the workforce, right? Because everybody's saving maybe five minutes here and there over the course of, of a day. And, and the larger your workforce, that, that really adds up. And, uh, and then when you look at that as a productivity gain, and maybe you, um, maybe you apply some sort of a correction factor to that just to, just to, just to be as conservative as possible, right? Uh, because people aren't spending all of their newfound time on something more productive, especially if it's very small chunks of time over the course of a day, right? Uh, but they are still saving time and they are being more productive in the totality of things. Uh, with a large workforce, we'd see, you know, we, we, we'd sometimes see a productivity gain um, I'd have to go back to my my old notes from from those days, which would are which are not right at hand at the moment. <laughs> uh, but 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 I do recall uh, a couple of examples where it was uh, it, it did amount to uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth for very large organizations. It just depends on how many folks uh, you have there that are that touch the the new system that that makes things easier for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something that we see, you know, with our customer base um, and, and, and people that we, we interface with is that, you know, oftentimes, right, um, what, what we see happen is it's, it's a productivity piece, but it's also, if you take a look at where people get stuck, and if you've, even if you take a look at shared services and call centers, right, oftentimes what people are calling into fall into three categories, right? So it's the, you know, what is this or the simple repeated questions that come up day, you know, over and over again. So those repeat questions that are pretty simple, but standard FAQs. The second thing is really about these, how do I, right? How do I do this? You know, or where do I do that? And then the third piece is really around, I need to's, right? So all of those things indicate um, an employee's frustration level of trying to figure out almost where they go and oftentimes the things are so repetitive in terms of what's coming in and so really there's two parts right if you think about that productivity from an employee point of view I think there was a a study that had recently been done that an an average employee spends two and a half hours a week searching for information which is astounding Uh, yeah Um, and and the average company, over a thousand people, have over 137 different SaaS apps. 
if you start to boil that down, just if you look at HR and benefits, that's pretty real and material, right? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, you know, there's these great systems of record like Workday, you know, there's great systems of record like ADP, right? Um, or other type of systems like UKG or um, whatever it might be. And on top of it, they might have a knowledge base. Mm. And so you start to compound that and you start to get to that place of why people are spending so much time with it because they're not often sure where they go. And, Mm. you know, so what we kind of look towards doing and what we've seen in terms of impact and results is, you know, we look to try to avoid the call before it even happens, but also go to an, um, uh, to the employee in a way that they like to interface with technology, right? Mm. So it's really difficult for companies. I mean, the, the pandemic has been a, a, a perfect example, if you think about it, you know, of how quickly information is changing just as quickly as it's produced, right? Mm. If you think about it, well, what's the policy, you know, are we going to go back to the office? Right. You know, the whole notion of being able to go down to the proverbial door down the hall and say, hey, you know, can you help me with this? It's kind of gone. Right. And so people are trying to figure out ways to be really connected. Right. And you want a a solution that that really reflects the company culture and tone that everybody works so hard to provide for people, Hmm. um, but in a way that they consume it easily. And, you know, even if you think about, you know, what we, we've seen from some of our customers. So, for instance, we have a, a very large um, uh, manufacturing company that has about 50,000 people. And they're in 26 different countries and they have 20 different languages. Mm. And what we did for them is we supported their a, a big Workday customer, their UKG. Um, they have service now for HR and IT and um, a myriad of other systems. And while they started the journey thinking, okay, well, maybe I could look towards using these conversational bots for each of these point solutions, it wasn't really going to solve their problem, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's that continuation of where do I go for what, right? There's Mm -hmm. the ServiceNow IT bot, there's the ServiceNow HR bot, there's the Workday bot, but nothing pulls it all together. So because people don't think linear, they don't say, okay, I'm going to ask all my payroll questions yeah. and I'm going to say, let me do all my HR stuff. And then now let me take an idea about um, IT. Mm. So this notion of pulling it all together, they placed it on all these different um, solutions that they offer their employees. And really that idea was, um, what, and so what they saw in terms of impact and results within the first three months, they saw 60% reduction in terms of what they had in terms of the call center, right? Mm. So what that really allowed was two things, right? It allowed the people who are supporting employees with those mission critical or strategic things that they really need support with to really focus on those challenges. It's not mm. about eliminating this, you know, the headcount for shared services. Mm. It's about making them more effective. Yeah. And then the second piece is also that experience, right? So, you know, now I can just really quickly say, okay, instead of me trying to figure out um, even things as simple as updating your personal information, where you change your address, or mm. for a manager to get a, a, an approval on a time off request on their on a text, right, makes yeah. things simple because that pushes and pulls into those systems, but makes things super convenient. And, and we're seeing pretty um, up to 80% um, impact in terms of a reduction of those repeat calls 
within three mm-hmm. to six months, which is wow. meaningful. Yeah, that is. I mean, you mentioned shared services and not re- the idea isn't to reduce headcount, but to um, to make them more effective, right? Um, you have this Agreed. labor expenditure. You want to be getting the greatest sort of, um, uh, you want to get the greatest uh, potential value from that, right? And and so there's that. You're making shared shared services more, you know, potent, more formidable. Um, just just a greater asset to the organization. But you're also improving uh, the day to day work life of those shared services people around you, right? Because they're, they're not, they're no longer dealing with just um, inundation. And, and, and I've looked at enough of these um, to, to know that some, sometimes these shared services folks are, are inundated with, literally inundated with just, just tedious requests. I mean, it, it's nobody's fault except the systems, right? The, but, you know, <laughs> you get employees asking, you know, basic questions and they're having to sort of you know, respond to those all day long, and so and so you probably uh, improve retention in your share uh, in your shared services staff and all sorts of things. Um, can we just get into the the AI part of it? And, and you may have mentioned something earlier, and I, and I'm sorry if I missed it, but but yeah, let's get into let's let's dive a little bit deeper into what how the AI works with this. Sure. So I. So one of the things that we um, did when we, we started the company is, you know, we we had some real notions of what our, our strategic um, principles would be. And the first was is that what we wanted to provide companies was a platform versus a toolkit. And I'll tell you a little bit about that, meaning that we take on all the heavy lifting for you. So, you know, there's a lot of solutions where they'll give you a framework of, um, okay, here's some of these intents you know, intense, meaning that here's some of these questions and then here's these responses that come with it. And they ask um, to then update it to some of those different variations and it's it's a pre-found template. Um, Now, the reality is, is that ways people integrate or interface with these type of tools is varies greatly even from one person to the next. And so with Socrates, we have, uh, take on all of that auto processing. Um, that intent mapping is automatically done by us, and it's processed and continues to get better through uh, supervised learning and the power of our customers. Right. So, um, continuing to and and we take on all the heavy lifting um, mm-hmm. from that point of view. So, oftentimes that can be a very resourced, um, heavy um, uh, support needs. You know, oftentimes coming, for instance, if we're talking about HR that falls outside of HR to get those resources from, for instance, IT. Mm-hmm. Um, second piece, though, is really about we look towards uh, supporting the, the IT strategy without creating any sort of limitations, meaning that you know, Socrates, in terms of the, the platform itself, was built in two parts, right? Mm-hmm. There's the actual processing engine, and then there's the front-face interface, which is really what you'd call the bot. But the, the processing engine and where all the IT is is that it was built in a way that Socrates doesn't have to be the front-facing bot. Why that's important is is because we actually can assign other intents to other bots, but not compromise the end user experience. Mm-hmm. So it can do bot-to-bot capability, which means that from an end user point of view, they're not going to know the difference of who they're talking to. It just creates that aggregate experience itself. And 
the integration engine itself in terms of the ability to integrate to all of these different systems and solutions. We have 90 plus percent of the API connections done for HR, um, the top HR and benefits and, and IT systems. And then anytime we run into one that we, um, we, we don't do, um, it's always in our best interest to do so. So um, those are some of the pieces of really what um, we, we do in terms of aggregating across all those systems. So it goes beyond just the workflow. Um, it goes across those systems too and can auto detect whatever language they're talking, right? We support over 108 different languages, yeah. right? So from that global point of view, making it super, super simple um, to have that experience across the board. 108 languages, that's just about all of them, isn't it? I'm not sure exactly how many there are. Yeah, that's... I think it's a, it's a pretty extensive list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, I should explain to the audience, yes, I am drinking out of a mug that has a Santa Claus on it, even though it's August. Um, I just <laughs> realized that, saw it on the screen and figured I'd just mea culpa, folks. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, what do you, let's, let's talk about the, 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 the future, you know, maybe, the, maybe the, the near future for this kind of capability in general in the industry and maybe the, the, the not so near future. Uh, let me share with you a couple of ideas that I have. Um, sure. With AI being infused into this, right? Like real a real AI, not just machine learning, although that's part of it. Um, but you know, but with natural language process, pro, pro, excuse me, natural language processing, and um, these sorts of things, do you see these systems? Well, I I see these systems uh, uh, potentially um, anticipating uh, employees' questions, um, and 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 stop me if 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 Socrates already does this in a sense, um, uh, at least. So first of all, does Socrates does do that already? Or, or are you close to doing that? Anticipating employees' questions or, 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 or being there and, and maybe from some sort of, a, of an algorithm, understanding what the employee is, is, is apt to ask so that it, it takes less time to respond to that um, because, you, because the system already knew or had a good idea of what the person was gonna ask. But then moving beyond that, say you have, let me, let me explain where I'm going with this. Say you have a, a, uh, an employee that's, and this is all HCM centric because that's, that's where I live and play. Um, but mm-hmm. let's say you have an employee that's a potential flight risk, right? Um, they may well be looking to leave the organization and they happen to be a high value employee. Maybe one of your warehouses will just, you just have no clue. Uh, you haven't a clue um, how that warehouse will survive <laughs> or go on with this particular person leaving, right? Um, and so do, do you see these systems of uh, one day maybe being able to anticipate the types of concerns and questions such an employee would have and maybe leading them to certain types of information that might, might <laughs> this might even sound a little or- Orwellian, but <laughs> and persuade this person to stay? Right. If if you know from other aspects of the system that this person is a flight risk, um, is this is this really too science fiction, or or is that a possibility in the? Yeah, not no, too Brent, it's a great 
No, it's a great question, and 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 you know, just in terms of the experience with the individual, um, mm-hmm. you know, is so critical for for employers today. Um, so I think that so to answer your question, Socrates, in many senses, is there in a number of those ways that you mentioned. So, anticipating what the employee is going to ask. So, you know, in a very basic form, right? If they're saying, okay, how much time do I have, and it gives them that personalized, okay, here's how much time you have. And by the way, do you want to take any time now? So starting to think about, can we be proactive to what an employee is looking to do? Or also from a sense of, okay, let's say somebody's just had a baby, their first, their mm. first time parent. And how do we look at that in terms of um, that, that experience for that first time parent? And there's so many different promotions or, or I'm sorry, programs and wellness initiatives you guys might, you know, the company mm-hmm. might offer, right? So the ability to cross promote and say, hey, did you guys know, congratulations, we're thrilled for you, can automatically ship out a, a gift on behalf of the company to that individual. Mm-hmm. It can also then, um, it also can then, um, uh, it can, it can then also push other programs, right, um, that they would have. Did you know we had a Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby program, right? Mm-hmm. So those are all those different things that, that we can do in order to um, really start to promote that. But that next layer, right, of what people are looking to do is really around that personal relationship with the company and that layer of trust. And so – you know, what's going to warm people's hearts, right? What's going to be there for them in terms of um, the experience that they have, right? To make it that, you know, the company cares about me as an individual. And part of what we work really hard with our customers on is to create these um, cultural experiences, right? Whether that's giving them information that lives as a multimedia um, type of experience, Right. So, you know, instead of giving them just a straightforward, you know, policy answer, really warm their hearts in the same place with either some sort of, you know, meme or or video content in terms of how somebody might interface. And also making sure that from the point you mentioned, how do you know if somebody's a flight risk, right, from that capacity, also being able to say, um, also to think about it from a point of view of saying, okay, um, here's the things that, you know, you get records of every question and every single response given. It'll start to indicate trends, right, to start to see, you know, are there patterns of things that would indicate that this person's a flight risk, right? Mm-hmm. And then giving that opportunity to have a fairly strategic conversation with them <clears throat> to, to lean in to what they're looking to do, if that helps. Yeah, so, so, and, and you you described this from a, from a slightly different angle that hadn't occurred to me, but it's absolutely applicable, right? This type of a system can help inform um, a predictive analytics uh, setup in an HCM uh, platform that's designed uh, itself to help predict uh, flight risk. So if you have even more information, yeah, it can help um, an existing flight risk um, uh, detecting um, uh, functionality be uh, be even more accurate uh, because you're capturing information on that employee that's uh, the regarding his or her um, uh, activity outside of the HCM um, domain of the enterprise, which is uh, which is very very key. 
Now, that's interesting stuff. Um, oh, so, so you know what's interesting is the idea that the AI can really help to, to fine tune these sorts of things. And can you describe to me maybe a situation where, uh, let's be devil's advocate here or something, you know, is, is there any sort of a situation where, huh, you know what, you as an organization, you're not really ready for this type of a, of a solution. This is not for you yet. What, can you maybe describe um, uh, that sort of a cons consultation that you might give to somebody? Yeah, absolutely. And and the way we look at this is it's totally a journey, right? So so everybody's usually at a different place. And a lot of times where we start with customers is to try to say, okay, what's this long-term vision? What do we want to do short-term? And a lot of times what people will talk a lot about, right, especially is the quality of their content or the state of policies and the information that they're telling people, right? Meaning that things are all over the place. There's information that might be out there um, that will, um, that, that will, for instance, um, so, so, you know, you have old policy. A lot of times these systems grow by um, add, but they don't necessarily take things out. So one of the first things we do when we start working with a customer, we do it in two parts, right? We can do it as a standalone um, opportunity for customers, or we can do it as it's a standard part of our, our every implementation. And the first thing that we actually do is we do um, something that we call content transformation. And we will actually crawl all of the places where policy benefits information lives within the company, as long as the company gives us access to it, right? And then we will actually create an inventory. We'll create an inventory based on category or topic, global policy, subcategory, all those different things. And then we'll give them a, a sense of what that looks like. From there, we actually have an internal tool that we call a compliance bot that re we run about tens of thousands of questions um, of the most common questions against that customer's content. And the reason we do that is it identifies out a few things. It identifies out any place of conflict. So if there's answers that overlap, right, there's oftentimes what happens is, is you'll see different policies that are out there that give different answers, right? Or there's things out there that have old formatting, logos. Um, there's places where there aren't answers, especially more now than ever in terms of what people are asking. And then we create that um, output for the customer that we also then measure usually against their call center data. And because you want to see what kind of content or, or answers are we providing people versus what people are actually calling about. Mm. So we produce this whole inventory for um, these findings for the customer. And we also then do the content cleanup. So meaning that we make all these recommendations of here's the things we've seen. We can then also then um, look at things from a, a tone, right? Because mm -hmm. if you've ever seen policy, it's it's very legalese in terms of the yeah. uh, the way it talks to people versus you and I having this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and so we go ahead and do all that to really give somebody a great foundation to really start to build on that that corporate culture. Mm -hmm. um, 
and get people what they're looking for. So we, you know, and, and we kind of take that journey with the customer, right. In terms of what, what's most important and what's most valuable. Um, we definitely see it grow in terms of um, really looking to give people those personalized experiences. And then oftentimes what you'll start to see is in the questions people are asking, they'll start to say, okay, well, my printer's out of ink. So then, or other things that live outside of what we might be supporting from an HR and benefits point of view. And then that gives the customer an opportunity to start to bring in other places of things that employees are asking about. So that holistic experience and, and making that front and center for um, where, you know, whatever the employee needs, whenever they need it. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm, uh, what you just described made, makes me think of um, many, many lives ago. Um, <laughs> I won't say how many. Um, uh, a long time ago, before I even knew what HCM was. So this was uh, give you an idea. <laughs> I worked at a civil engineering firm um, in, in the marketing department, and we helped them develop proposals for, uh, in response to RFPs, um, municipal RFPs. And we had this huge system, I think it was called the MIRS, MIRS system, M-I-R-S. And it was, uh, I, I don't recall what it stood for, uh, the acronym, but it was a immense depository, um, of a repository, excuse me, of, um, of, uh, project descriptions and, various other things, scopes of work, things that had been written, um, prepared by the, you know, by the source engineer himself or herself or, or by somebody else in the, um, in the organization. It was just all there. And from that standpoint, it was very helpful to have that huge archive of already developed stuff that you could rework for new proposals and, and whatnot, right? But at the same time, it was really tough to search through. It was very, very difficult. And it's sort of a, a, a perfunctory on, you know, uh, on, you know, a perfunctory part of our job was that we would be spending a lot of time searching the the, the mirror system for these uh, these write ups, this content. Um, and I just think about you know, twenty okay, twenty twenty years ago, <laughs> I think twenty years later, right or about, um, uh, you know that. I think it's just night and day. You would probably, and I, I even wonder if maybe this company has something like your solution uh, or some sort of a, a similar um, idea applied to that system, so that so that their their employees can be far more uh, productive. Uh, excuse me, more efficient. Um, that that to me is just. Um, it just made me think of the mirror system, to be honest with you. As you described that, I immediately thought of my days uh, using the dreaded mirror system. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I love this. This is good stuff. Uh, to, to be able to, to have a, and again, uh, like I said at the outset of this, you know, it's to say that Socrates AI is essentially a chatbot, that, that's very, very over uh, simplification of what you folks do. Um, You've done a great job of describing it, and and to, to have that sort of a of a system to be able to 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 marshal um, just the the information from several disparate systems and and give it sort of a central repository sort of feel to it, um, and to give that you know give the to 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 improve the um, the uh, the uh, the readiness of the of the uh, the 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 availability 
Sorry, my computer is just blowing up in front of me here with alerts. <laughs> um, yeah, to have that there is 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 just um, I think a huge productivity gain, uh, potential productivity play for any organization that uh, that uh, that elects to 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 deploy such a thing. Um, yeah. Uh, any is there anything that, uh, that 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 we missed? Anything that uh, that 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 you'd like to point out? I mean, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. It's been a fantastic, really, really interesting conversation. Yeah. No. Uh, likewise, it's uh, really appreciate the time. So um, you know, um, you know, love to talk more, and you know, um, but yeah, really appreciate the time today. We'll be at HR Tech for anybody who's going to be there but no really appreciate uh this opportunity and and we're very passionate about creating these memorable experiences for employees and so uh so you know it's very top of mind so really appreciate the opportunity brent thank you oh oh absolutely it was it was it was my pleasure this has been a fantastic conversation <laughs> thank you so much um have a wonderful weekend and uh, really looking forward to making this particular podcast available for our viewers Great. Thanks. You too. Take care, Melissa. Take care.